Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our online worship experience. My name is Peyton, and we are in the middle and towards the end of our new series titled Rhythm. But before we dive into that, I'm always encouraged to see our young people participating in our worship with us. Uh, it reminds me of Jesus's words um, that he's surrounded by kids, and he says, unless you change and you become like one of these little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Pretty strong statement, <laughs> maybe one that we should take more seriously. Uh, this morning, we're going to be concluding this sermon series that we're in titled Rhythm. Last week, we spent time breaking down foundational ideas of what rhythm is, what it should look like in our life. We talked about how important it is to have rhythms and establish in our life, but we also looked at some of the struggles of having rhythms, especially during times like these that we're living in. Uh, and, but capturing and, and being and maintaining healthy rhythms is important. And we know it's important because we feel when we get out of rhythm. Right? And so I'm excited for this morning, uh, mainly because we get to spend time looking at the life of Jesus. Um, but I'm also excited because I'm going to be introducing a guest to all of you that's going to help me conclude this series. But before we get to him, uh, let's talk about Jesus, because there's a question that always just nags on me when I read about Jesus. And that is, how did he have such a successful ministry? Like, like where did he get his strength? His, his compassion, his power to work miracles, his wisdom. Like, where did he get it all from? How did he deal with the overwhelming amount of stress that his life and his ministry um, needed and not become overwhelmed by stress or weighed down? Like, how was he able to, to take it? And we tend to, here's our problem as Christians, is we tend to explain Jesus's holiness and his ability to do miracles because, well, he's the son of God. Like that, you know, he just can do these things. And while that is a fact, right, it's not an adequate answer. Um, Jesus was fully God, but Jesus was also fully man. Like it's this weird uh, aspect of Jesus and God that we don't fully and will never fully understand as human beings. Uh, but we read in the Bible about this, like uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Or uh, Hebrews 5, verse 8, it says, he learned obedience from what he suffered. So what a mystery that the, the, the sinless savior of the world uh, grew in grace, like he learned to obey God. And Jesus, he learned and he grew in the context of a relationship of abiding in the Father's love, right? Here's the thing about Jesus, is his time with God was the most important thing to him. It was even more important than his ministry to other people. Right? And this is something we often miss as followers of Jesus. Right? But, many, uh, but there's many examples in our Bible of Jesus' life and story that, that focus on the centrality of Jesus and his, his desire for solitude and silence with God. And we discussed this a little bit last week. Right? We, um, we talked about Jesus' rich life of quiet prayer and, and tender intimacy with God. Um, that all of these things, that, they, that those were the things that were the source of his power and his wisdom and his love that he expressed to other people. Jesus' ministry, his ministry was an overflow of his oneness with God. 
right? It, Jesus's willingness to abide with God, to find rest in God, that is where his energy, his power, his compassion, his love, that's where it overflowed from, not from his own ability. So Jesus lived this inside out rhythm of life. One that it's hard for us to even comprehend sometimes. And again and again in the Gospels, we see him withdraw into crowds and, and then go and pray in a quiet place. Like if he withdraws from the crowd, he goes to hillsides or mountains or by the lake or to the desert, wherever it takes to get away from people. And he goes and he prays quietly. And in those spaces is where he shares his heart with the Father. He, he prays and meditates over Scripture. He listens to the Father. He submits to his leadership. He sees to obey him. And here's the remarkable thing about Jesus, is that Jesus lived that way, both as the young carpenter who lived in the obscure town, quiet town of Nazareth, but, but he also lived that way as the famous preacher in the spotlight in the middle of his public ministry. Like it didn't matter the circumstances that changed in Jesus's life from the quiet moments to the public moments. He lived this way. This was at the core of who he, who he was and the rhythm of his life that he maintained. Like he prayed and then he served. He prayed in quiet and then he prayed in community, in the synagogue, on grassy fields in front of thousands of people. Right? He worshiped and he healed people. He meditated on scripture and then he taught astounding new insights about it. He fasted and then he fed the hungry. Uh, he rested in uh, quiet and then he ministered in noisy crowds. He withdrew on retreat and then he was patient with people um, who interrupted him in the middle of it. Jesus, he abided in the Father's love and he bore the fruit of that love. And that was the rhythm of Jesus's life. It was as simple as that. Uh, and we, we like to do things like we buy large devotional books or we watch TED Talks or we subscribe to health magazines all to figure out how do I find healthier rhythms in my life? But it's as simple as this. Jesus abided, he rested in the Father's love and he bore the fruit of that love. Don't overcomplicate it. This was Jesus's rhythm of life. Jesus is the Psalm 1 man who meditated on the law day and night, who walked in the way of righteousness and love. Jesus, he is the Psalm 1 tree who is planted by the waters, whose roots dig deep into rich and moist soil, who can survive the desert heat and still remain fruitful and its leaves don't wither. In fact, let's just go ahead and read that scripture. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Bella, I think you're going to read that for us. Um, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields in fruits in its season, and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So how do we get to that place? Like, how do we emulate this posture, this life of Christ, where we can be like a tree planted in the desert, but we still remain fruitful and faithful through it? And to help me answer that question, I want to introduce to you um, a dear friend and mentor of mine by the name of Ben Lankford. 
Now, if you attend our church, the likelihood is, is that you recognize Ben's name. He came and spoke at Great Commission Sunday a few years ago. But uh, if you follow our page and the content we're putting out there, you might also recognize him uh, by his wife, Kim Lankford. Uh, who is a nurse and who has voluntarily moved herself to the front lines of this virus um, to help with it uh, and has spent over a month there and has just signed on for more time there. Now, the reason I wanted to bring Ben into this conversation about rhythm is because outside of the most recent disruptions of life, with his wife being on the front line, with him having to work from home and deal with his family, his three kids, and just dealing with the coronavirus like the rest of us, um, the Langford family has uh, experienced many other disruptions in life. However, despite how difficult times have been, uh, Ben has remained one of the most faithful men that I have ever met. And he's raised a beautiful family who loves and honors God. And so I wanted to dig deeper. Like I wanted to know how Ben has been able to maintain healthy rhythms in his life despite the cards he's been dealt. So we're going to drop into the middle of that conversation right now. Let's go ahead and watch. Um, And you've dealt with a lot of disruption in your life. Um, You can add or, you know, better phrase, uh, but I'll just kind of give a run through of the things that, the few things that I know. You know, you started off going as a missionary to Africa, something that I don't think was necessarily on your plate or in your plans, but God called you in that direction. But while there, your brother um, had a tragic accident um, and passed away. Um, And that was just completely ripped (laughs) the plans apart. Um, I know your your daughter at a very young age um, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Luckily, I think she's fully healed from that and hasn't had any signs. But in the moment, that was a lot of disruption. Now, uh, in the present moment, your wife's on the front line of a disease that is killing thousands and thousands of people. And she is going to um, the hotspot of it. So the question is, how how have you maintained a healthy rhythm, both in your life, in your relationship with God? Like, how have you maintained that amongst all of these disruptions in life? Yeah, that's a really good question, Peyton. Thank you for asking that. Um, My first thought is, and I think it is really important uh, talking about the kind of rhythm of life and spiritual rhythms are really important. They help sustain you. Um, I also think uh, that if your rhythm is disrupted, uh, that's okay too. Um, as you know, you, and all, all the things you mentioned, um, that I've, that I've, I've experienced and everyone's experienced times like this where your, your life, life is just not in the rhythm you want it to be. And, um, not that those are necessarily good, but it's okay. It doesn't mean, um, if your rhythm gets out of whack a little bit, there are seasons for that. Um, if you look at the book of Job, uh, his life had a rhythm, went out of whack, and his life looked very different. I think the difference uh, between, if you're talking about having a spiritual rhythm, is, so take Job, for example. Uh, Job probably didn't question God or have the kinds of um, thoughts and interactions that he did with God prior to. Uh, and the trauma that he experienced and the, uh, the suffering that he experienced. Um, but to ask those questions and to 
that the shift in his life and that rhythm wasn't an unfaithful shift. Um, the opposite of faith is not questioning God or the kind of life that Job had for most of the book of Job. The opposite of faith is uh, uh, this response of his wife to curse God and die, right? So you see in Job's life, there are different rhythms. There are different times when one, he has a rhythm that is good and fruitful. And then other times he has a, ry a rhythm that's kind of, um, and the Christian, the Christian faith has been called the dark night of the soul, right? And so um, I want to say, and I know you know this, but I want to say that, um, that rhythms don't always have to look exactly the same, exact, all the time. That's how we become wise, right? And that's one of the things that, that spiritual rhythms allow us to do. They allow us to gain some wisdom about life. And I found that uh, doing, uh, finding my spiritual rhythms in community and relationships not only allows me to have a rhythm, it also allows me to gain some wisdom about how life works, how relationships work with other people, with God, right? Uh, how faith works. What does it mean to be faithful to other people? What does it mean to be faithful to God? And those, to be honest with you, um, if you take Jesus' commands to love God and love your neighbor, right? That those are the kind of rhythms, not just for the sake of piety, just to be good people that practice prayer, but prayer should lead us more deeply into the world that God imagines, right? Prayer is not just a practice we do to get what we want or to, but it is a practice that leads us more deeply into the world, the kinds of relationships and the kind of world that God imagines, both relationships with others, with creation, with God himself. And so um, I, I, I found that to be, uh, I found the very thing that gives life gives me life and rhythm is also an obstacle, um, but it can be a, a, a chance for wisdom to happen and to learn what does it mean to be faithful to others and to God? And what does it mean to be a person uh, uh, that is in rhythm with God's spirit in the world? So. Yeah. And I, I hate that we only have one more question. I feel like we're just now getting into the meat of all of this, but what it, what it, what it sounds like you're saying just for clarification on my end is it sounds like, rhythm to you is found in community with people and that community help you stay in step both in your relationship with god and your relationship with yourself and maintaining a healthy rhythm yep. but relationships they also give you a window into what rhythm looks like in life where it's not it's not always easy you have to maintain it and sometimes you have to fight through those moments like in a relationship where you don't want to be with that person and they're being stubborn and difficult but you have to reconcile that um, and, and a rhythm of life can also uh, emulate that in many ways. That's right. Uh, sometimes relationships get out of whack. Sometimes your rhythm gets out of whack, you yeah. know, and yeah. often those two things go together. I mean, this, this whole thing has caused us to, it, it's out of whack. Our, our schedules, our, our plans, our relationships. Like I've talked to my parents, but I haven't touched them in a month. Right. Cause they're at risk. I mean, you know, um, there's people I haven't seen, uh, including my wife, right? That things get out of whack. And, um, and so, yeah, that rhythms can get out of whack. And what does it mean to lean into the things that the kinds of, you may have to rethink how the rhythm goes, but to lean into those 
those things that you've um, depended on to provide rhythm in your life. So yeah, which which leads us to kind of the last question very nicely. Um, what practical advice would you give to people who want to recapture that rhythm in their life, especially amongst a crisis like this? They don't know which way to go, which way to lean. Um, what advice, practical advice, would you give people? Yeah, uh, I would say two things. Um, one, I would say, <clears throat> and I preached about this a couple of weeks ago, is kind of this this phrase that I use that we should be social distancing, but social distancing does not mean a social disengagement. And so, uh, I some of us it's more of a challenge than others if you're technologically challenged, uh, but there are other ways to stay connected with people, especially during this time. Um, and uh, even if the, the second thing, so the first thing is this, social distancing is important, but social distancing doesn't mean social disengagement. Don't be socially disengaged. Um, for we can feel like God is distant and physically not present in our lives, right? That we can't see or touch like in, a, in tangible ways. I know, although we, we say, hey, I see God in this or I see God in that. But just because we can't see God's spirit doesn't mean that God's spirit is not engaged in our lives, right? So God, he doesn't socially disengage from us. And so even if we can't be present, physically present in one of those lives, right? It still doesn't mean we can't uh, be socially engaged in one of those lives. One thing that has helped me in, in not just in these times, but pre-coronavirus is that my calendar is full of all kinds of things, right? And it's dictated by all kinds of things. So for example, it's dictated by the school year. Like my life kind of revolves around the rhythms since I teach at a university around the semesters and breaks and summer and finals and kind of all those things, right? Um, having kids, 15 year old, a 13 year old and a 10 year old, it revolves around kind of school. Um, it revolves around the sports calendar. I'm a big sports fan. Right. So the rhythms of my life when it's football season, right, when it's soccer season, I also coach soccer. My kids play soccer. Um, uh, my weekly rhythms of church, right, Sundays and small group and stuff like. So there are a lot of things on my calendar that shape my calendar. One of the things that's helped me keep in tune with God and one of the things that I realized a while back was something is going to dictate my calendar. Right. And even though we don't practice this in Churches of Christ and we're sometimes against it, I've discovered, I've always heard about this, but really discovered and leaned into the Christian calendar, right? So we just finished Easter. Before that was the time of Lent, right? Now we're in um, the, the, the season after, after Easter and we move through the Christian calendar, right? I, because I didn't grow up with it, I'm not used to it. I don't naturally think about it but I began to practice some of those things that go with the Christian calendar to remind me that time, that my life and time is not dictated by sports or education or anything else, but that can my time be organized around the life of Christ? Now, I know we don't find this in scripture. But there's a lot of things we don't find in scripture that we do. I don't find uh, pro football in scripture, but my life gets organized by pro football on Sunday afternoons, like it or not. Right. Um, and so 
I found those rhythms to start organizing my life. I practiced Lent and I, I practiced for the past couple of years. Um, not that it makes me more spiritual, but one, I join in with Christians from around the world that are practicing these things. You know, I've also uh, uh, practiced with a group uh, reading um, uh, from the common lectionary, right? Um, that there's a psalm, there's a reading from the gospels, there's prayers. And one of the ways that even if I don't get to read with a group, that if I can read that on my own, I'm not just reading something on my own. I'm not just reading something that I've picked out, but I've joined in a larger community around the world that are reading the same scriptures, that are reading the same prayers, that are praying the same way, that are being formed in the same way, right? And so um, uh, the Book of Common Prayer, um, that's not something that we typically do, but uh, you don't have to do this, but it's, I found it to be helpful for me. It allows me to join into community that's larger than myself when I can't be present, right? Uh, it allows me to have daily rhythms and calendar rhythms that are around the life of Christ. And don't get me wrong, this is not natural for me. It's not like my life is still not organized around education and sports and all of those things. But if, I, if, if, if time can be organized for me around the life of Christ, um, it, it not only connects me with Christ, it connects me with a larger community of believers who are trying to organize their life, their schedules, you know, at least parts of their day around uh, the rhythms of Jesus' life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your thoughts and your life with us. Um, we are fervently praying for your family, uh, especially Kim, as she continues for a few more weeks, um, and then who knows how long after that, being on the front line. So uh, next time you talk to her, send uh, her our love from the Vero Beach Church of Christ. I will. Thank you for your prayers and your support. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you again. So there's many things that have stuck out in my mind since my conversation with Ben, but one thing in particular that just hasn't left me is Ben's intentional way to reshape his life around the person of Jesus. And that's something that we actually talked about last week, that maybe the times that we're living in, that they, they shouldn't be times when our rhythm is the weakest, but rather maybe it's time when we can reshape and reorder our life and our schedules and our priorities around the person of Jesus. And I hope that that interview with Ben was encouraging to you. Um, and to end this morning and to end this rhythm of prayer or uh, this, this series of rhythm that we've been in, I want to give you some practical steps, some practical things that you can begin doing today to reestablish rhythm in your life once again. And where I'm getting these three things that I'm about to share with you are from my conversation with Ben, uh, my study of studying just Jesus's rhythmic patterns of his life, but also reflecting on my own life and my own patterns um, and my own habits and the way I've been addressing this virus. And so let's just dive straight into those. The number one thing to help you establish healthier rhythms in your life is to lean into your community. Lean into your community. I love the phrase that Ben just used. He said, just because we're social distancing doesn't mean that we should be socially disengaged. 
I love that. Now more than ever, the importance of our communities is becoming clear to us. Like our eyes are being opened to the importance of being with people. And we should leverage things like technology and healthy practices to lean even heavier um, into our communities. Like we were not built to face this virus on our own. We weren't, we weren't built to, to deal with life on its own. Like God created us a very specific way to fight with each other and to fight for each other. So if you want to establish healthier rhythms in your life, lean into people in your life. Don't do this thing alone. Like call up your girlfriends, like Zoom your grandparents, send a letter to your neighbor, like whatever it takes to remind you that you are not alone. And if you're watching this and you do feel alone, I want to remind you of a truth that Tracy and I have been trying to remind you of throughout this entire virus. One, that God has not left you. Like now more than ever, God is leaning into you. We're reminded in scripture that God, he leans in closer to the brokenhearted, to those who are at their weakest. And then the second thing is that we as a church family, we want to be there for you as well. So if you are feeling alone, give us a phone call and leave a a voicemail, like send us an email and we will reach out to you and let you know that you are known and seen and loved. But the important thing as we try to create healthier rhythms is lean into your community. Number two is slow down. Slow down. There's a chance I might be only speaking about my experience, this virus, but I I feel like since the virus hit, I've leaned into my tendency to amp up rather than slow down. (laughs) And maybe it's fear of losing my job. Maybe it's just me trying to make a difference. Maybe it's me trying to escape from what's happening in the world. But I've been fighting to go and do and produce. And I've leaned into what I know best and what most of us know best to jump on the treadmill and just keep running. But maybe that's the opposite of what we should all be doing right now. So slow down, like slow down from trying to catch up and work and go spend time, intentional time with your family who love you and miss you. Like slow down from the fear of what's gonna happen tomorrow or next week or next month and and find comfort in the presence and being still with God. Like slow down from trying to get life back to normal and just take this thing one moment at a time. Don't try to figure it all out. Carve out time in your life for silence and prayer. Go play out in the yard with your kids in the evening. Like put the laptop down just a little more today and pick up a book and just read it for fun. Jesus's life, it can never be categorized as fast paced and neither should ours. So lean into your community slow down, and then finally, number three, shape your life around Jesus. There's no better time than now to reorder the way things have been for the way we know they should be. Businesses are beginning to do this. Like we as the church leadership, we're beginning to do this looking inwardly, but also looking out to the future of our church and what it's going to look like. And all of us individually, we can do this as well. We can begin again this morning. So what I want to do as we try to recapture our hearts, let Jesus recapture our hearts and our schedules, is I want everybody to look at me right now, and I want to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it honestly. 
Maybe you can talk about it with whoever you're watching this with afterwards, or you can just reflect on it in your heart for, for the rest of the day. But is Jesus worth it to you? Is Jesus worth forgetting the way it has always been done for the way you know it should be? You see, healthier rhythms, they only have a lasting impact if they are reshaped and reoriented around the person of Jesus. And so lean into your communities, slow down the tempo and pace of your life, but do these things around the person of Jesus. He is the true vine by which we find our our nourishment and our energy. These past two weeks, they have been an encouragement to me as I've prepared and presented this lesson, and I hope they've been the same for all of you. Life really is out of whack right now, as Ben put it so well. Uh, And I know most of us are just trying to recapture some kind of rhythm in our life. So my encouragement, lean into your community, slow down, and reshape your life around the person of Jesus. And while these are not end-all solutions to finding rhythm in our life again, Maybe they can be stepping stones to get us there. I'm excited for what Tracy has to bring us next week and his new series that he's going to be beginning called Belong. In the closing thoughts and prayer, he's going to give you a better idea of what that series is going to be about. But until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you next week.